there, and welcome to Taiwan Talk, where we share the stories of people living in Taiwan. I'm Trevor Tortomasi, and joining me in the studio today is a local hero of animal welfare and an expert in antiques, Faye Angevine. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Trevor. I hope the introductions have been accurate. You do so many things in Taiwan. Animal I'm welfare. very much in, involved with the nonprofits. The nonprofits. Okay. So not only do I work with animal welfare, and I work mm. primarily right now with Pack Sanctuary, uh, a very good organization in Sanjur. I also work at the Community Services Center. I work with TIWC, the Taipei International Women's Club, who does a lot for uh, the people of Taiwan. They raise funds for various nonprofits, orphanages, all kinds of things. So, uh, after everything you've done in and for Taiwan, uh, what are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? Taiwan's progress. For instance, in animal welfare. That's a perfect example. People think they're moving too slowly, but in actual fact, when you think about it, animal welfare in Taiwan has only existed for the past, what, 40 years? So this is a new thing for Taiwan. When I first came to Taiwan, they were still uh, catching dogs, for instance, and also people are very much into purchasing or were very much interested in purchasing cute little fluffy pedigree dogs. And now I see on the streets more and more people are adopting the strays. Right, which is good, yes. And that's important, but let me tell you, the government rescue centers still have a ton of stray animals. Mm. A ton. The Taiwan black dog that you see all over, the Tugo. And right. they're they're great? They they have... Oh, they're very they intelligent. Lived? They should be become a pedigree dog. Mm-hmm. The Taiwan mountain dog is, but not the black dog. What is a pedigree dog? A uh, pedigree is one who is of purebred dogs, but unfortunately what happens is you end up with puppy mills, which do exist in right. Taiwan. But there's another wonderful organization with whom I'm involved, SPCA, Taiwan SPCA. They actually go in with the government and they will raid the puppy mills. We just recently reported on some updates, some upcoming updates from the Executive Yuan on uh, Animal Welfare Act. I don't think I'm getting the words right, but basically there are things that are going to clamp down like if there's animal abuse, police can enter without a warrant. They're clamping down on puppy mills um, and things yes, like this. Yes, they are. And so, as you said, you've seen traps. a lot of. Uh, and so, as you've said, there's there's a lot of positive change in Taiwan in the past few decades. It's it's. I think it's crazy yeah. How much is, I think Taiwan has moved forward, and I have to tell you, one of my goals is that Taiwan become the leading animal welfare country in Asia. And I don't think it's an, an impossible goal. I see more and more Taiwanese adopting. The street dogs, taking in the abandoned, the uh, rescues, and uh, working with organizations like the PAC to adopt. And I think they, uh, they are more open. They have more respect for animals, cats and dogs. You know quite a lot about dogs because you are helping tons and tons of dogs in Taiwan. I have. And you have been I for have. many years. Uh, can you tell us about um, your role in animal welfare here in Taiwan? Well, I have a rescue center of my own, so I take in the handicapped, the elderly, the ones with terminal disease, and the really large dogs. So right The really now, large dogs like that might Russian, not have it. Like Tibetan Mastiffs. Ah, okay. People tend to purchase these dogs as puppies because mm. they think they're cute little toys. And then, unfortunately, they grow up. And, and all of a sudden, of they end up with a monster, and they don't know what to do. So they either dump them or they give them away or whatever. Mm. So... My dog family grows and reduces, but anyway, many large dogs. But the majority of my dogs are handicapped, so I have two-legged dogs, three-legged dogs, paralyzed dogs. I have one dog named Wubai from the Pack Sanctuary that has only two legs on one side of her body. That's... And can you believe that Wubai still hikes the mountains with me in the morning and the other dogs, those capable of walking? What kind of mechanism helps her... Uh... She walks herself. Okay. That dog is strong. When she needs to rest, she rests. <laughs> and then she walks up the mountain all by herself. So you help these dogs find homes, too? For no, whenever you I can? keep the dogs. Mm. Most of the dogs I have are not adoptable. 
They're not adoptable because they're either terminally ill. In other words, I know they're not going to live for long, but at least they have a nice life at my house until they pass. Or like the really large dogs, once they come to my home, they don't leave. And how many dogs do you have now? Right now I have 23. I'm probably going to pick up another one from the pack when you decide on which dog. Where are you originally from and when did you get to Taiwan? I'm originally French-American, but born in the USA, but I left when I was very young, went to Europe. I bummed around Asia, Europe for three years. I was here long before you were even born. I came uh, to Taiwan in 1974, so Chiang Kai-shek was still living. Mao Zedong was still living. There was a competition. There was, uh, there's a lot of history there that you've there's seen. a lot kind of, of history. The first election, I remember so well, when Li Denghui ran for office. It was well, amazing. Well, speaking of Taiwanese history, uh, I read that w- around when you got here in 1974, you had an interest in antiques. That's right. I came here as a law student, and my plan was to become an international lawyer. And I kind of became disinterested in law because at that time, Americans weren't accepted uh, for the bar or anything. We couldn't take the bar. So all we could do really was audit classes. So I worked for the two law firms and at the same time started collecting antiques. I saw my first antique showroom and thought, these are cool. And Uh I'd never been involved in the antique business before. Just as this is an audio medium, just to help some images dance around in people's heads, like when we're talking about antiques, what are the kinds of things? are we looking at? Uh, Everything that's generally over 100 years old, excluding textiles. Textiles are given younger years because the the material is more fragile. But wood, metal, porcelain, etc., anything over 100 years old that hasn't been restored beyond 33% uh, is considered an antique. And you've run a showroom called the Bywin Collection. Can you tell me about that? Oh, the Bywin Collection has been in existence since 1975. I think we're the oldest showroom in Taiwan, actually. Okay. Well, you got here and started that right away. I started in 1976. Okay. I started in my garage. I lived in a house in Tiamu with a group of other people and uh, started collecting and putting in the garage. Then I joined Bywin and we opened the showroom and uh, have been moving forward ever since. So we're the oldest in Taiwan and we're very eclectic. I have Burmese, I have Taiwanese, I have Chinese, Japanese, Korean. Wherever I go, I collect, even American. The funny thing is that most people don't understand antiques are not that expensive. Yes, if you want an exotic wood like Kuanghuali, you're going to pay a lot of money. But generally, they are not expensive if you compare to new furniture made of solid wood. The antiques fit in beautifully. People also think antiques are very ornate and won't fit with their modern furniture. Well, they need to come to my showroom. And we're right up in Tiamu, across from the Shurdung Elementary School. And um, you'll see. I think the other thing I'd like to say is I'd, I'd love to find someone interested in investing in Taiwanese antiques, the Taiwan furniture. The Taiwanese are now purchasing a ton of Chinese furniture, mainland Chinese furniture. Whereas Taiwan had beautiful antiques, um, beautiful carpentry, and I want some museum or some organization to set up a permanent exhibition of Taiwanese antiques, and then I want to write a book on them. And I've saved a lot of my very special pieces specifically for this reason. So the Bywin Collection collection. Mm-hmm. is open to the public to go and explore? Very definitely open to the public. To go and explore carefully. <laughs> to go- <laughs> don't, go ra- don't go rampaging around in there. <laughs> uh, but you also run so Even much... children are welcome. And dogs. <laughs> Well-mannered <laughs> children. In the meantime, uh, we know which furniture is best, and we can keep all the dogs safe. Um, adopt. Right. Don't go to the puppy mills. Don't go to puppy mills. And the government shelters need a lot of help because they passed a law a few years back that uh, euthanizing is no longer acceptable. So they have so many stray dogs, they can't house all of them. The big problem in Taiwan still is that people don't neuter their dogs, and especially the street dogs. If you don't intend to have puppies, neuter your dogs. Yes, absolutely. 
Well, just uh, to to finish up, then, um, what kind of shelters can we? Can, do you want to give a shout out or a plug to any of the organizations? Well, definitely can... the Taoyuan Shelter, yeah. the government shelter. I understand they have a ton mm. of uh, over five hundred dogs. Then you have, as I said, the private organizations. But the pack right now, most of their dogs are older. What they do is work with other organizations on adoptions, et cetera. Yeah. There are so many. But government shelters, I think, are the ones most in need at this point. And you well, have them all at Taoyuan. Uh, we have one in Linko. I want to ask, like, what, what else you've been into? The Community Services Center. Mm. I've been involved with them since they first started. They're an amazing organization. People are under the misunderstanding that the center works solely with expats. Not true. It's a very unique organization that counsels people with serious psychological problems, suicide, attempted suicides. They can go to the center, and and the center will help them. The center also has classes. I mean, they have amazing classes offered to everyone, Chinese and English. So, I mean, if you want to learn Chinese for a Westerner, it's a great place to learn. For many Westerners who come to Taiwan, they don't quite know what to do with themselves. Uh, tours, they take people on tours all over Taipei, Taiwan. I mean, this is a, it's an organization that is all over the island, not just limited to Taipei. It's the Community Services Center. The community consists uh-huh. of expats, Taiwanese, <laughs> mm-hmm. the entire community. And there you go. They just move. They have a great new location. And where is the center located right now? They're in Tiamu. Right down the street from my showroom. So actually, someone could come to my showroom, and I'll walk them down to the center. They can visit the center as well. They have a great location. So counseling is on the sixth floor, and all the classes and everything else. We have coffee morning. It's a pretty big center. It's fairly large. Okay, that's good. It was difficult to find a new place. They were forced to leave their old place. They'd been there for 35 years, 30 years, something like that. Wow. So okay. the center had to move. They did it last summer. <laughs> Amazing move. <laughs> well, the, I'm, I'm happy it has a, a home that we can talk about now. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for everything you've done. Hey, thanks for inviting me, Trevor. I enjoyed. And thank you to you, the listener. You can hear more from ICRT, or you can listen to full-length episodes of Taiwan Talk wherever you normally find podcasts. And you can help us out by telling a friend. Come on, do it. Anyway, that's it for this episode of Taiwan Talk. Until next time, I'm Trevor Tortomasi on ICRT FM 100. If you'd like to hear more from ICRT, you can check out our other podcasts. We've got Taiwan This Week, a roundup of the news in Taiwan every Friday, English in the News, for useful English expressions explained in Chinese, and EZ News, spelled with the letters E and Z, for simplified daily news. For some lighter news in both English and Chinese, check out News Bites and News for Kids. And if you enjoy them, tell a friend. Thanks for listening.